Chad and Zay. How about hour number three on a Thursday? It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. He picks a beat out specially for you and me to start the third hour. And that sound at the beginning tells me it might be the Wu-Tang Clan. That's right. There we go. That's right. Wu-Tang Clan off the original Enter the Wu-Tang Clan, 36 mm-hmm. Chambers. Shame on the Can't Sam will get kicked off. Yeah, no, you can't do that. But it's God. a song that had a little dirty on it. Good song. Great song. Really good song. Really good song. Um, That is a good album. I enjoyed the Method Man album. I enjoyed it way too much, according to Zay, and we've uh, adjusted my grade accordingly. Apparently, I'm being too nice to the Wu-Tang Clan. We'll see what I do with Old Dirty Bastard coming right up here. We did, uh, obviously, we've hit sports today. The Brandon Miller story from last night. Wild and crazy with that Alabama Story. We've talked about the NFL a little bit, gotten into some Longhorn stuff, still continuing to break down the things that came out from CDC this week, which affect all Longhorn fans. By the way, uh, football ticket season uh, season ticket holders, deadline to renew your season tickets is March 23rd, so you've got a month to deal with that. Go to texassports.com if you didn't see uh, CDC put out his latest you know, 40 acres report and it does include the entire town hall video in there. If you want to go watch it, check it out at texassports.com. Alright, we'll tell you why today matters on February 23rd. Great anniversary in the world of sports. One of the most memorable things that ever happened in sports. And I'll tell you about a birthday boy that's getting even more money than you think he's getting. Um, but right now, it is album swap time. Last week, it was Method Man for me. It was Guns N' Roses for Zay. This week, Old Dirty Bastard for me and the return to the 36 Chambers, the dirty version. You know I'm going to love that album title. Zay's got to deal with Hysteria by Def Leppard. It's a gift from my wife, the biggest Def Leppard fan I know, that thought Zay needed to check out Hysteria. So, Zay, who's going first this week? You go first this time. I'm going first with Old Dirty Bastard, Return to the 36 Chambers. The dirty version. Oh my god. I love when I love when somebody is exactly what you think he's gonna be. I've heard about old dirty bastard over the years. I've gotten an idea in my head. He hit that bar and then he exceeded it on this album. Yeah. Yeah. This, that dude was crazy. He was nuts and it was a big part of his downfall, you know. He passed away around 2004, 2003-ish, and, you know, him being so crazy, a lot of people say they kind of knew just uh-huh. how wild he lived, just not giving a damn, not caring what anybody thought. You know, RZA, like, he loved Def Jam so much, he was about to turn on Wu-Tang when RZA didn't put him in Def Jam and put Method Man there because they, they couldn't take both. Russell mm. Simmons couldn't take both. He's either one or the other. Okay. And... Rizzo was like, you know what? I got a deal for you, but you're going to have the your masters. You're going to have control of your masters. So when you're gone, your family's going to be able to eat instead of Def Jam having that. So it worked out in the long That's run. A, yeah, man. But it just showed, you know, Rizzo, his genius. <laughs> Rizzo, 
Rizzo's like on a whole nother level, man. He still continues to impress me, and he's great on this album. Just the the way this thing is constructed, the sounds of everything are great. The beginning of Shimmy Shimmy Ya is catchy as hell, and then ODB come oh, baby, I like you, bro. <laughs> like that. It's br- it's brilliant stuff. Yeah, it really is. This is essentially the first track on the album. Kids, there he is. Kids, if you are sensitive to adult themes and language, first of all, you shouldn't be listening to this album at all. But the intro is particularly dirty. It's also wonderful, but it is dirty, dirty. I never knew how big this song was until I saw Knocked Up the movie, Judd Apatow and all Seth Rogen. Yeah. This is the first song at the intro where we're all doing stupid I stuff. about that. And they're like smoking bowls in the back of that pool that's, where that's this not so- even yeah, filled you're and right. stuff. You're and right. Jonah Hill and... Jason, whatever. Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah. Yeah, all those guys live in that one house. And this is the song that's playing because Seth Rogen and Rizzo are really tight. And he's one of the biggest Wu Tang fans, Seth Rogen is. See, how did I not remember that? Where would I have heard this ODB song? In a Judd Apatow movie. Of course, of course. Shimmy Shimmy Ya is great. You mentioned Brooklyn Zoo to me the other day. That's, That's a song you say has lived on. Way past, like, th- this is time. This thing was released in 95. Yeah. But to this day, the folks in Brooklyn still love Brooklyn Zoo. If you're from Brooklyn, this is the song. Like, this is your jam. All the rappers that have came from Brooklyn that have made music about that borough in New York. Yeah. Brooklyn Zoo, which we just played, That that's what sticks out. And, yeah, it's just old, dirty just his lyrics, man. Like you say, he's a guy that could be funny like he is, but still have lyrics to keep your attention there is rare. And, man, one of my favorite lines in, in Brooklyn Zoo, he goes, Introduce, man, F that brother name. <laughs> Introduce him, man, F that brother name. Obviously, he cusses and stuff. It's just like, oh. this guy... I, I'm surprised they kept him alive as long as he did. Yeah, I like the I like the edge to it. Just like in the metal world, I like when there's anger. I like the edge, and you can hear also just you can hear the the for lack of a better phrase, just the spit and the slobber and the scream and the teeth and the everything to his <laughs> rap. Teeth. You know, you can just hear everything that he's doing um, in those songs, and then all the old school references. I got to give him credit for it. The O in "Old Dirty Bastard" must mean I know a lot of old stuff at the very beginning, and it's filthy his version of it. But he references a song. First, the first time ever I saw your face is the name of the original song. And Zay, I looked it up. It's from 1957. Wow. Then Roberta Flack does a version of it in 72 that went huge, and maybe that's where ODB connected to the song. I'm just guessing there because multiple people have done it. So there's that reference. The song called Rawhide makes a reference to the television show Rawhide. That was a television show. Like a Western back in the day. Um, In Snakes, he makes a bad, bad Leroy Brown reference. That is a Jim Croce-like folk song from back in the day that was huge, massive song. He makes a Joy to the World reference that I barely caught where he mentions Deep Blue Sea and You and Me and he changes both lines. I'm like, what is that? And then I figured it out. And then the craziest one, in a bonus track, he just starts reciting lines from Martin Lawrence's stand-up from the year before. 
Yeah. This album came out in 95. You so crazy. You so crazy. You so crazy. You so crazy. You remember Martin in the full black leather suit, the black leather outfit? That one. And he just starts talking about it. And I'm like, where do I know that? I know that. So all those little references, I give ODB credit for a lot of that. Number seven on the Billboard 200. This album was number two on the hip-hop chart at one point, And it was voted the best or it was sorry, it was up for best rap album at the '96 Grammys. I believe I read "Naughty by Nature" actually won the Grammy that year, but this album was up for it. So I really enjoyed it. I like the I like the raw quality. When he says I like it raw, he's not lying. Yeah, like he lives that out through the whole record. I dug it. the la- The later song I enjoy is "Snakes" because there's multiple artists on it, and when you have a song that Old Dirty Bastard is on. And then other people rap, and he comes back. You know when he shows up. Yeah, Snakes has Master Killer, Killer Priest, and RZA on it. They're all great. Yeah, they're like all, well, RZA, we know he's in it, but Master Killer and Killer Priest are like Wu-Tang affiliates, kind of. They're Wu-Tang adjacent? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like they're in the group, but not kind of, kind of, yeah. So I enjoyed it, Zay. Is it okay if I give this album a little higher grade than Method Man? Yeah. How about eight point four? I'm with it. I was eight. We went. I went down to eight point one on Takal. You were okay with that. So I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm good with that. I'm gonna go eight point four. I think this is an absolutely solid album. And I'll tell you right now, as a music snob, it's hard for me to give a rap album an A sometimes because I think it's such a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. I think a true A level rap album is rare because the art form is tough to pull off. If you go 10, 12, 15, 17 tracks. And I go back and say, yep, every bit was awesome. Yeah. That's hard to do. So I'm going to go 8.4 on Return to the 36 Chambers. So go back and look at the album cover. Yes. That's his, like, food stamp card. That's a real, like, food stamp, New York food stamp Are you serious? Like, you see it says identification card for food coupons. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and I noticed that they had typed in the name of the album, but I didn't notice that. Yeah, and they were always like, yo, people usually are ashamed that they're on welfare and they need food stamps. But he embraced it. Like, in this song, he was like, I'm 26 and I'm still on welfare. I don't care. And that's just the type of guy he is. Like, he wasn't. He still lived in the hood, even when the guys went out to the suburbs yeah. and started making money. He was still in Brooklyn. That's he actually got shot because he was still like in a Brooklyn apartment or project or something like that. And they were like, dude, come on. But that's just dirty. Like He's going to stick to his roots. Yeah. And, and there is crazy in those eyes, too. Yeah, he was a little nuts. There's crazy in those eyes. So rest in peace to old dirty bastard. Check out that record if you haven't in a while. 95, March of 95 is when that album came out. All right, Zay, my wife has decided you need to check out Hysteria by Def Leppard. What did you think? Oh, there you go. Get the single dollars out right now. (laughs) Right damn now. Chad, this might be one of my favorite rock songs ever. All righty. I love this song. I've always loved this song. I remember being 15 years old. Oh, wow. And my AAU coach, Chris Blevins, shout out to you, Chris. He's a big fan of the horn, always has been. And we were in his car, and he was like, look, guys, y'all know nothing about this music. 
like y'all need i'm gonna put y'all on something that if you played this women might take their top off and right when i heard women might take their top off uh, i was like huh what you talking about and he played this let's pay attention and it's always stuck it it always gets my wife to dance he usually <laughs> doesn't get the top to come off but it always gets her to dance every time this is it right here this is an absolute jam i really enjoyed the album you know, doing my history on Def Leppard, so fascinating the group. Like, drummer breaks his arm. Not only breaks his arm, loses it. Yeah. Loses it. Has to learn how to play again. Yeah. They didn't even want Pour Some Sugar on the, on the album. It took three years to make the whole album. Like, five mil went into it, which is ridiculous, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, in well, the 80s, five mil. Because they were what? Because they were trying to, they were coming off of Pyromania, which was extremely successful, and they were trying to get to that level. Some would say they exceeded it, but it took them a while. Yeah. It took them a little bit too long, but hey, hey it was a success. When your drummer gets his arm ripped off, it takes some time. It takes some time. Right? It takes some time. Come on. The producer, Mutt. Mutt Lang? Mutt Lang said, you know what? I can't do this. I'm going to dip. Oh, boy. Loses his arm. Said, you know what? I'm going to come back. And that might have been one of the greatest decisions in rock history. Did Him it. coming back and them making the killer album. I love woman. Like, this w- is a women, woman. That's, all, that's what the shirt is, right? Def Leppard and the Women of Doom. This is the women's shirt. <laughs> First track. I love women. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Hair, thighs, <laughs> skin on skin. Absolutely. Can't live without them. Wow. That's it. Yeah. Can't live without them. Of course. God made the land. He made the water. It's dope. It's, it's a dope song. It's a dope album. I could see why it's historic. I'm a big fan now. Good. Like I've, That's awesome. I definitely take it over Guns N' Roses as of now. Okay. I do <gasps> need to go back and listen to Avatar of, uh, for Destruction. A couple more times, like I did Def Leppard. My wife's going to be real happy that you like it more than Appetite. She's yeah. going to be really happy about that. But I, I I get it. I get why they had seven top 100 tracks. Yeah. I get why they were on the Billboard charts for basically three straight years. Dude, this thing, I saw, how about this? I saw them touring this album twice. What? Twice. They came through Dallas. I went and saw them at Reunion in the round. And then they just kept touring so damn long that, like, the following summer, they came back. And we went, oh, well, let's go Let's go see it again. That's a pretty women. Come on. Man. Man. Yeah, this is fire. Yeah. This just got me hype. And, you know, I, I, I've always heard Love Bites. Oh, yeah? Okay. I've always just randomly heard that song. I, I feel like I've seen it in like movies and TV or commercials and stuff like that. The Def Leppard Ballad. And yeah. Watch out. Yeah. The Love only song. <laughs> right. The only song with like <laughs> keyboards on it on the album. Uh, Phil, what's his name? Phil Collins. Phil Collins said he knew it was a hit when Mum, like M-U-M. Mum. When Mum cried when she oh. first heard it. It made his mom cry. It made his mom cry. When you make love, do you look in the mirror? You sound like you're from London. Who do you think of? Does he look like me? Huh? <laughs> Dude, this is a big one live. They still do it live. The girls still love this song. Yo, I, I mean, Joe Elliott said it was the hardest song at first for him to perform because it was so emotional. 
And mm. I guess it was at the time different from the rest of the song. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah, they didn't have much that was this slow. Yeah, and they said they had to like relearn. Well, it, they didn't know it would become so big, so they would have. They had to like learn how to perform it because they mm-hmm. didn't think they would. Yeah, they've done a lot with it over the years. They do these artistic performances where they'll on the screen behind them they'll put the lyrics. The lyrics will be like drawn while they're singing them. Yeah, this song matters a lot to them. That's a, that's an interesting uh, interesting take on there. Yeah, so very impressed. I again, right. I love the there fact that I love the fact that pour some sugar on me wasn't as big until the strip club started playing it. Oh yeah, that was it was it became such a monstrous song. The video was big for that song. By the way, here's how big the album was in the cassette days is when it came out. No cassette would ever have this. The entire first side of that cassette had a video. What? It blew our minds. We were like, wait a minute. It was like six songs. Yeah. You put six videos together? And then the second side had two. Uh, they just kept going, man. Yeah, Hysteria was a forever kind of album. That thing's gone platinum, oh my God, 10, 15 times probably. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Something like I, that. I love Animal. Animal's a jam. I'm glad to hear that. My wife's not a big fan of Animal. I, I always dig Animal. One of my favorite songs live. They still do it. You know, It still gets me. I dig Animal. Yeah. It's just a dope album. 9.2, Chad. Oh, my God. 9.2. 9.2 on Hysteria. Okay. My wife is going to be thrilled. Wendy, thank you so much for broadening my horizon. You went 9.2 on De- uh, Def Leppard and 7.5 on Appetite. My wife, dude, <laughs> my wife's going <laughs> to hug you when she sees you now. Good grief. You might get some more Girl Scout cookies. She may find some under the bed or something. Yeah. My goodness. Like one-armed drummer. He's and amazing. Like, you, he relearned how to play. Yeah. They, I, he probably, how bad do you feel like... Okay, guys, I know I'm a big part of the reason why we can't make the album as quick as we would like, and we're wasting a lot of bread. Yeah. So I owe it to you guys uh, It's one of the to be- keep going. It's one of the best stories. In fact, we're late on the break. I'll tell you a couple Rick Allen stories on the other side. Bet. I love the Thunder God to death, and he's got a couple great stories that hook on, hook on there. Zay digs uh, hysteria. I dug old dirty bastard. You might like him too. Maybe check out those records. 95 for the ODB record. 87, of course, for Hysteria. And we'll talk more, a little bit more about that coming up. Also, why today matters. Today's the anniversary of Bobby Knight throwing the chair. Plus, it's the birthday of another Bobby we need to talk about. On the horn. Funny how money changes it. Chad and Zay. Communication lead to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to kingstown. My ting done major kingdom. Rolling through a Thursday. Just got done with that album swap discussion. I think I might have heard some context clues here. Would this be Miss Lauren Hill? That's right. Okay. Is this off the famous record? Is this off the, is there, or is this a Fuji's? No, this is uh, the famous Miseducation Lauren Hill. I have got to listen to that. Speaking of albums I need to listen to, never been all the way through it. That's yeah. one I've got. I'm assuming you've heard that album mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to listen to that one. It's one that I've just never, never gotten around to listening to. I've heard, I've heard a little bit of this track. I've heard a little bit of some others, but need to listen to the whole thing. Lauren Hill.
the Mary Jane girls, Blondie, R.E.M., and Steve Winwood, have all been on the show today. We just got done talking some Def Leppard and some ODB. It'd be a hell of a conversation if we could get the Def Leppard guys and the Wu-Tang guys together. Yo. Let's talk touring. <laughs> What's it like out there, fellas? Uh, so real quick before Why Today Matters, the Rick Allen thing you were, you were mentioning, Rick, it, it gets me every time I see him play because it's amazing. So he's in the hospital, he, and I, I want to say he was about 19 or 20 when it happened. The rest of the band tells the story that they were freaked out to go see him, right? You're just so, you feel so bad for the guy. He's lost his arm. They tried to save it. They found his arm. Like right. they tried to save it, tried to make it work, didn't work. Found out he wasn't going to have it. They go to see him in the hospital, and one of the very first things he tells them is that he's going to keep playing. And he's already started thinking about it. His brain already started to go, no, 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 no. I can play the stuff I used to play with my left arm. I'm going to do it with my left foot. And all of them would tell you they thought he was nuts. Yeah. They're like, come on, Rick. Like, they didn't say that to him, but they're thinking, dude, all right, let's go along with this. Well, the technology in drums was such at that time, late 80s, they were getting into a lot of that. There was a lot of drum machines, but there was also a cool wave in drum pedals and electronic drums. Right. And he went to work trying to figure it out. But easily my favorite story was they go out back out on tour, and it's hysteria time, and they're trying to get this big thing going. They had him up there, but they had a backup drummer that they would play with him. They had two drummers on stage. And a lot of like jam bands have done that over years, over the years, just to protect him in case. So they played like two or three shows, I want to say, and then one night the other drummer was late. He couldn't make it in time, and he got there like three songs in and snuck up onto the kit and started playing. Right. And at the end of that show, he walks up to Rick I'm going to get emotional. He walks up to Rick and goes, yeah, y'all don't need me anymore. I'm out. So dope. And since then, Thunder God. All night. That's incredible. He's amazing. And when he'll do a solo every show, the love that he gets from the people. Oh, I, I, every time I think about the dude, I want to cry. Like I, I love it every time. He's my favorite drum solo probably out there because I can't believe he's pulled it off. Yeah, I'm not trying to have you go Dan Lebatard on the air with us. Woo! but Dude, it was, it's incredible. Uh, how, what happened with the guitarist that passed away? How did that happen? Steve was – the stories I've always heard is just he could not control – he couldn't deal with the fame. He had really bad stage fright and drank himself to death. Wow. Drank himself to death. So even during the, what was that album, Panorama? Pyromania. Pyromania. The Pyromania to Hysteria era. He was still. It, he couldn't deal he couldn't with it. Couldn't deal with it. Joe told the story in there behind the music that he got so crazed and stage fright when they were doing the big Hysteria tour, he would like go into the bathroom and smash his own hand oh, hell no. on a sink trying to break it so he didn't have to play. It was that bad. And then eventually, I think it, when at the time he died, they were trying to give him time off. They were trying to let him go. Just go be with your family. Go be, we'll get you some treatment. We'll get you this. Well, apparently, he went home, and they thought he was going home for treatment. He went home and then walked down the street to the pub and drank himself to death. Wow. He couldn't deal with it. But he was an incredible guitar player. And if you listen to, and you did hear it, in Armageddon it, when he says, come on, Steve, get it. Uh-huh. That's who he's talking to is Steve Clark. Ah. So at that moment, that's still Steve Clark, the blonde hair and the, the guitar and everything. And so then he left, and then Vivian Campbell, but once he was gone, Vivian Campbell takes over, and Vivian's been with him for, God, 30 years now. Vivian was with a lot of different people. but Vivian played with Dio, and he played with a lot of other big-time acts. He's a stud, and he's been with him now. 
He's the young guy. He's the new. He's the yeah, new guy. Yeah. But he's been with them 30, 40 years. So I love Def Leppard. I'm glad you dug the album. Hysteria and Pyromania, tough to beat. There's a lot of other stuff of theirs that isn't quite to that level. Man, those two, whew, it is hard to beat those records. Yeah. 1987 for Hysteria. We got into that earlier. If you want to go back and check it out at hornfm.com, our man Jacob told us he might throw it up on the YouTube page like he did last week. We appreciate that. Let's see where we are on the YouTube followers. If you go to youtube.com slash at the horn Austin, we're up to 746 subscribers, and we do appreciate that. All right, let's get you why today matters. We're going to talk Bobby's today. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Sometimes people, Zay, use the phrase, why didn't we know? How didn't we, didn't we not realize this? For a lot of different things, right? Whether it was somebody's attitude, somebody's rage, somebody's niceness, somebody's sexual orientation. It can be used in a lot of situations. Well, how do we not realize it? How do we not know? Today's the anniversary of Bobby Knight throwing that chair. Wow. Do you think there were people that were around Indiana at that time that can still see that video today and think to themselves, okay, how did we not react a little stronger then? That was in 1985. Jeez, Bob. And today, we should all still watch that and be shocked it happened. Think about it. Have you seen it happen since? No. High school coach, college coach, pro coach, anybody? Hey, y'all, remember when Phil Jackson grabbed a chair that time Kobe missed a shot and threw it across the arena? Me either. I mean, it's still, to this, it's crazy. But somehow, it was Bobby Knight. Yeah. And he was successful. And at this time, he's got, what, one of the championships – He's got the perfect season. No, he's got two of them at this point, right? He's got the perfect season. He's got Isaiah's, and he's about to have Keith Smart's in two years. So he's got two out of his three. He didn't. He already won it for him. So. Yeah, Steve Offord. Yeah. So go ahead and chunk the chair, Bob. God, Steve Offord could shoot. Uh, yeah, he could. You talk about <laughs> like how could you not know? That was Chris Beard's mentor. One of them. It's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Awesome. Now, thankfully, we never saw Chris Beard do something like that on a basketball court. Yeah. Now we saw some. We saw some. At times, he'd get in some players' faces, and there felt like maybe there was a little too much rage. But yeah. he, he never went all the way, Bobby Knight. Obviously, there was a couple other incidents with Bobby that. Yeah, didn't re- Bobby choke someone? That's what led to the end. That video of Neil Reed, and he put his hand on his throat, and nah, coach, that was bad. And then just every and go back in the interviews, and just the way he would treat people in yeah. interviews, the way he treated. Coach K for years. Probably still does. He probably still treats Mike Krzyzewski like a piece of garbage. And Coach K played for him. Yes. And oh, he'll At tell, West Point. Deep down, he'll tell you he loved him. And then the weirdest thing about Bobby Knight to me was for years, once he was in broadcasting and was sitting at ESPN, the only person in the world he would work with, Musburger. Of like, of all, That's oh, it? Huh? Like everybody else he would treat rudely and just dismiss them. It was Brent. It was the only guy. Uh, Bobby, this is a heck of a game tonight. Yeah, it is, Brent. And he would actually get him to talk basketball. Because yeah. when that guy starts talking ball, it's fascinating to me. Oh, man. My pops, he would always go down to Lubbock for different coaches' clinics and stuff. I bet. One of the best basketball minds ever. 
Bobby Knight. Just do you remember when they used to have him just sit yeah. at ESPN in a dark room and break down film? I do remember that kind of like Gruden type yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was kind of the end because they realized he shouldn't be around people. <laughs> that was the theory. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, I mean, it was like okay. Tell us, it's like, Bobby, what do you mean by motion offense? And then just shut up for 20 minutes right. and let him go. Uh, so today's the anniversary of that. Also today, it is a big round number for Bobby Bonilla. He's 60 years old today. Today's not Bobby Bonilla Day. That's technically July 1st. He's that's, still getting paid? That's when he gets the payment. Still? Here's what I found out looking up Bobby. There's more than one payment. So he gets $1.19 million from the Mets every year until 2035. Wow. Now here's the math. He ends up, he'll end up with $29.8 million off of that, but he was owed $5.9. How did the Mets, how would you, what, huh? How did they let him do that? How did they let he and his agent swindle them to that level? They're still paying him. But here's the other thing I learned, Zay. There's an additional contract. That he's got a deferred contract with the Mets and Orioles where he'll get a half a mil, $500,000 a year, until 2029. I never knew that. Yeah, what is what an agent you're bas- he had. Yeah, so you're basically, has. At, you're basically at like one point, what's he at, 1.7 there? Yeah, about 1.7 every year till 29, and then the 1.1 continues until 2035. Yeah, if I'm the mess, I'm saying, yo, Bobby, can you have a kid or something that could come play for our farm clubs or something? Happy birthday. Good grief. That is crazy. Was he even good? Oh, Bonilla was a really good player. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, by the end of the career, you know, things had changed a little bit. He was uh, he was one of the best power hitters around. Okay. When, dude, when he and Bonds were together with the Pirates, Whoa. Uh, and Andy Van Slykes on that team, and they had some bad pitching, badass pitching. They, the Braves just barely got by those Pirates a couple times. They had some teams that could have won it all. Right. No doubt. The thin Barry, that Barry Bonds. <laughs> that one swipe bags the and stuff, that, too. Yeah, the one that just should have been a Hall of Famer and stayed away from the medicine cabinet. Dude, that Barry Bonds and that Bobby Bonilla, they'd kick your ass. Yo, there's a clip going around social media right now of – when Barry Bonds realized he needed to start juicing, and it's like Mark McGuire when he was with the A's, oh, like no. picking up Barry Bonds like he's nothing, and just little man in him, oh. making him look like a little punk B. And uh, like picking him up during a game? No, nah, it was good. Oh. Looked like All Star practice or something oh, like that, okay. or messing practice at the All Star game. Yeah, just messing around, chopping it up. Let but- me let me guess, it was ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was A's. It was A's. Mark McGuire. So it was early nineties. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. But he was still yoked, and he just picks Barry Bonds up like he's done. And then the caption says, "Yeah, this is when Barry realized <laughs> he needed to start juicing a little bit because he can't be getting little boyed like that." Yeah, I might want to look into that. I want to look into that. All right, a couple of bobbies. Why today matters to us. February the twenty. Third, hope you are having a good one. By the way, Longhorn football fans, spring practice starts in 11 days, and we are only 51 days till that spring game, April 15th. If you haven't circled it on your calendar, 1 o'clock start for the spring game. All right, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. A couple of notes from the NFL. Get you off the ball, don't lie. And we've got Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry coming up at 7 tonight. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 8 for you Longhorn football freaks. Just keep it right here on the horn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know we back, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Clear the streets uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on with it. Chad and Zay. 
niggas is haters. I'm doing deals like the majors. Ice cream sneakers, I signed my first skater. So you could pay three and buy yourself some babesters. Bulletproof on the t-shirts because they hate us. Dude like Snoop say, step your game up. Double deck a boat, let it to rain up. Just about done on a Thursday. Any shot here, Zay? This feels very new. Oh, it's not. It's not? It's not new. Okay. Do I know this name? Uh, yes, you do know the name. I don't think you could recognize him okay. by his voice. Individual artist, though? And and this is an individual, okay. big-time producer also, but it's a group. Uh, this is where the group starts. This rapper right here also has a really good single individual career. All right, from those clues, I'm going to go with N.E.R.D. No. That first rapper was Pharrell. Okay, I got the Pharrell part right. Wasn't Pharrell N.E.R.D.? Wasn't he a part of that? The Neptunes? Pharrell Williams. Is it Pharrell Williams? Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that what yeah, that Yeah, N-E-R-D. yeah. No, that was him too, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, you did that. There you go. I'll give you that because they produced this. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Very so nice. Pharrell and I don't know what the Asian dude's name in the Neptunes. Everybody just gives Pharrell the love. But. Pharrell and the Neptunes. They opened for, uh, the N-E-R-D opened for Jay-Z when I saw Jay-Z at the Irwin Center. That's why I remember that that act. It was good. He's that dude's a talented guy. Very talented. Oh my God, Pharrell. Just that's, yeah. There's a lot of talent there. All right, so Pharrell and the Clips and the Neptunes. What's that? The Clips. That's the group. Oh, the Clips is the name of the. Group. Yeah. Okay. All right. Malice and Pusha T. Pusha T is pretty famous for his individual work as well. The Clips. Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Lauren Hill. The Mary Jane Girls. Blondie. R.E.M. Steve Winwood have all been a part of the show. Wu-Tang Clan beat to start the hour. Uh, and that's probably because we talked about that ODB album today and Zay broke down Def Leppard's Hysteria and really enjoyed it. I gave the ODB record an 8.4. He gave Hysteria a 9.2, which is going to really excite my wife. She is going to love that. Uh, next week, I move on to the Raekwon album uh, with the Cuban links in the title. Only built for Cuban links. There we go. And then Zay is going to be going with my daughter's suggestion. She's going music snob on him. Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Yeah. You're going... You're going into a deep world of uh, I don't know what next week. We'll see. I've never... I haven't heard much Janelle Monet. This is definitely different than those two albums that came out in 87 that I first did. Yeah, we're getting you out of 1987, <laughs> finally. <laughs> my, Geez, do my wife and I have a type or what? Yeah. I picked an 87 album. She picked an 87 album for you. Finally, my daughter got out of that, uh, that path for you. All right, uh, before we get out of here, let's go stems and seeds. We'll start with uh, an NFL story t- or two. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. They've had the press conference now, and I'll admit it looks weird to see Eric Bieniemy sitting in front of that Washington logo. He's made it clear, Zay, he does not, he's not focused on using this position to land a head coaching job. He said, being a head coach right now is not in my thought process. What I'm focused on is being the best coach today. I am so confused still by what this story. What a lie. I, I mean, know. he has to lie. Like, I mean, you can't go in and say, yeah, this is only a stepping stone for me to get where I need to be. I mean, the commanders, whatever. I hope we have success. But you can't say that. So I, I get where he's coming from, but you wouldn't have left. 
two Super Bowl championships with Mahomes and that offense, and he didn't get any credit. He didn't get enough credit for it that 15 interviews went wrong. 15. Yeah. I still am baffled by this story. If he finds a way through in Washington, I guess I'll be happy for him. It'll be at the expense of my Cowboys division, maybe, so I don't want him to do to be that successful, but we'll see. Like, nobody ever looked at Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan and all the assistants that got jobs from the Spurs tree and said, you know, Pop, Timmy, it was just y'all. Yeah, it was all Blue you. Hoser, Doc Rivers, et cetera. Y'all don't mean nothing. Do we realize some of the... Also, not not also Rands, but some of the guys that are connected in the NFL that get these jobs. Where was he? Oh, he was the quarterbacks coach or whatever. We just saw the linebackers coach, you know, come with the Eagles guy to the Cardinals. This dude was the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach for those two Super Bowl champions and another team that went to the Super Bowl, and it didn't matter. Cold blooded. Cold blooded. Maybe he just starts shouting out old dirty bastard lyrics during the interview. <laughs> do you think that's what he does? Like he has Tourette's for rap lyrics. So, Eric, how do you think we should structure this offense? Oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> and then he just runs out. Is that the only, is that what happens? Oh, my God. Oh, man. man. The yeah, enemy. He, he's definitely not a good interviewer. Crazy. And if you missed it, Denver is going with Vance Joseph as their D.C. Yes, he's their former head coach. Now he's going to be the D.C. under Sean Payton. All right, coming up, Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. 7 o'clock, it's Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry talking about that team's great performance against Iowa State. 8 o'clock, Longhorn Blitz podcast for you Longhorn football fans. If you missed it, we'll be back tomorrow for a Friday show. Stay safe out there and keep it right here.